Hello, and welcome to the Travel and Transformation Show with me, your host, Sophia, and my guest today, Joy Peters. Joy, along with many of my guests, are truly creating life their way, by which I'm all about. So Joy is currently using her gift doing shamanic healing. So welcome, Joy. Thank you for being here today. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. So I'm really, I'm excited to hear about what you do. So can you just tell us maybe a little bit about yourself and what you do and what shamanic healing entails and what it's not? And I know I just said a mouthful, but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, just very briefly, I started doing shamanic work uh, at an early age, around 20 years old. But my background is uh, really as an artist, uh, as a creative. And the way that um, I got into shamanism was really kind of a fluke. It wasn't planned at all. It wasn't something that I sought out. I got a um, one year for Christmas, I received a workshop, a 12 week workshop with two, um, a couple that worked in Ojibwe medicine techniques. Ojibwe is an indigenous American tribe where they were from, and they taught us very basic kind of simple medicine techniques for healing it had nothing to do with shamanism so that's how i kind of stepped onto the path of it um and uh then just kind of over the years i was using myself as a guinea pig in terms of shamanism and uh, again just kind of was very curious about it what it was and it kind of chose me later down the road uh, to the point where I couldn't really resist not becoming a shaman. You know, it was just one of those things. Um, But my background, um, I've lived all over the place. Um, My father was in the government, so we moved around quite a bit. And uh, yeah, that kind of um, opened my eyes in terms of allowing myself to be open to different ways of living and also uh, kind of different religions, spirituality, and I think that that was really kind of the basis of how I stumbled on to shamanism um, as I became a young adult. So that's kind of the uh, short answer. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that, okay, so your first, and I think that was a really cool gift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So anybody out there want to gift me some classes? Hey, I'm all about it because I love to learn. But you said that was kind of, you know, like your foot in the door, but it wasn't shamanism with Mm -hmm. this indigenous couple. So can you kind of explain what shamanism is and like what it isn't and maybe some of the myths that are around it that you might want to debunk? (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Usually when people, if you use the word shaman, usually the first thing that people see in their mind, let's say, is uh, maybe an indigenous person, you know, a Native American, shall we call it, um, uh, you know, running around kind of doing all of these rituals and ceremonies. But shamanism originally comes from Siberia. And the name and the word shaman comes from semen, which actually means to see in the dark. Mm-hmm. So shamans, um, our shamanism itself is considered one of the oldest forms of healing about 10,000 years old 
It's found, it's been found on almost every continent. Uh, each country has kind of a different name for shaman, but it's really about someone who uses the connection with nature to specifically help another individual by allying themselves with the spirits that we cannot see. The word uh, uh, shaman is really about seeing in the dark. This is why shamans go into what's called a shamanic uh, state of consciousness. It's not really a trance. That's a little bit of a confusion. People think, oh yeah, you know, shamans, you know, you go into a trance. No, you don't go into a trance. You have to be very, very awake. Hmm. Also are not leaving your body. You want to bring your body with you when you journey. So what a shaman does, it's really um, more like spiritual medicine. And the shaman doesn't have the power. It's the connection with the uh, compassionate, loving spirits that are met that take on the form of a teacher in human form, or they can take the form of a power animal. And they basically do all the work. And so the shaman is really kind of like a mediary that goes in between to access the information come back and bring the healing to the client or the person that is in need. And that's what shamanism is in really a nutshell. Now, a lot of people confuse shamanism with, you know, magic. I mean, there are some magical feelings that can come from having a shamanic session, but mm -hmm. it isn't magic. Uh, it's not witchcraft. It's not about casting spells. It's not about uh, controlling an outcome at all. It's about coming from a place of love and helping someone heal from trauma. This is really what shamanism is all about. It's not voodoo and it's not a religion. It's not a sect. It's not a cult. It's none of those things. Okay. Um, you know, uh, a shaman, almost anyone can be, can learn shamanism, but to really become a, a shaman, quote unquote, uh, you, you really do have to be initiated and do a lot of the work on yourself before you can really uh, turn around and help other people. It's called Path of the Wounded Healer because we're all wounded in some way. Trauma is part of uh, being human on planet Earth. Right. So through using these techniques on your, yourself first, then you have the direct experience and revelation to be able to turn around and help someone in need. Okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. That makes a lot of sense. Now, I'm going to ask this question kind of for me, but also for everybody else. Uh -huh. Is it kind of like, because you said with the Native Americans, it's, that's not shamanism, but uh -huh. is a shaman, if you were to draw a parallel, like their medicine person? Uh -huh. Yeah, a medicine person, um, you know, could possibly be called a shaman but you know it's it's funny because uh there is this uh the store that i've been going to for years that is a native american store run by uh, i believe the, the man is uh cherokee and uh you know i go in there and buy my smudge sticks and crystals and feathers and all this kind of stuff and one day i was in there mm -hmm. and he's you know he came up to me and he's like you know you come in here a lot so what do you do you know, and I said, yeah, I practice shamanism. And he's like, what's that? You know, so it's like uh, a shaman, the word itself is really uh, confusing uh, because uh, in certain tribes, you know, they have a medicine person mm -hmm. that will be specialized in herbs, herb gathering, 
um, also in rituals, let's say, uh, marriages, births, all of this, mm -hmm. and also um, some healing work. But, you know, the medicine person is not really a shaman. Even though um, in, in native tribes, they do their, the, you know, shall we call it the quote-unquote religion of native tribes, they are completely connected to nature. Mm -hmm. And they believe that everything um, has a spirit and a soul. So they are communing in that sense. But um, to call them uh, a shaman in the sense of going on a journey to gather information for healing, they don't do that. You know, it's it, the medicine person might do that, but they might have someone else that specifically does something like that. Mm. They wouldn't call them a shaman. So there is an interesting kind of um, misunderstanding around that. Right. And and that's it's one of those things where you hear the word so often and you see so many people who are. Well, I, ha I have to say are that because that's what they call themselves. So that's what I have to believe. Right. And it, it does get confusing, mm -hmm. you know, because then you have the people of the Andes mm -hmm. who also practice what they call shamanism. So mm -hmm. it's all, it is very confusing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it yeah, is I mean, very confusing. Like, yeah. you know, not only to the lay person, but I think even some healers mm -hmm. have a slight confusion as to what that word actually means, you know, mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, and a lot of that is, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, movement of shamanism, you know, historically uh, in the 20th century came about because of Dr. Michael Harner, who was an anthropologist. He went down and lived with the um, Javaro Indians in the, in the Andy or in the Amazon rather. And he wrote a book called The Way of the Shaman, and they taught him specific techniques for mm -hmm. healing that were mm -hmm. shamanic techniques. So he wrote this book in the late 60s, early 70s, you know, it really blew up. Everyone bought it. Plus, at the same time, you had all of the Castaneda, Carlos Castaneda books as well. So that's where this kind of confusion comes in. And, you know, you know, we are talking about semantics here, really, because, you know, we're just talking about one word that really has a meaning for many things in many cultures, even right. though they don't, even though they've kind of adopted the word mm -hmm. for the person that does this particular thing, right. this particular practice, it does stem from Siberia. You know, it is a Siberian word, shaman. You know, it's very, it's very uh, funny in that way. Yeah, I just find the whole thing interesting. But I guess it's just like, you know, we've all learned that the sky is blue. We've all learned what we call a flower. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it seems like now it's just becoming an understanding. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's the word that people use to cover that entire understanding. Yes. So breaking it down to what you do, mm -hmm. can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, um, there are some real kind of basic things that uh, shamanic practitioners do in terms of healing techniques. And uh, probably one of the basic, uh, two of the basic things are uh, retrievals mm -hmm. and also power animals, working with power animals. Now the retrievals do cover uh, power animal retrieval and soul retrieval. And um, when you first 
begin doing shamanism. And when I start to work with someone, when I start coaching and teaching someone, the first thing that I do is I like to call it kind of a ground zero kind of clearing where I have, uh, I give a power animal retrieval and I give a soul retrieval. Now the power animal retrieval is, is very important because you don't do shamanism by yourself. Okay. It isn't us. You know, it isn't me doing shamanism. I have to rely on these helping spirits that want to step up and work with me. Mm -hmm. And one way to do that is to have a power animal. So you want to build your spiritual team. So what I do is I love giving power animal retrievals just because it's just everyone should just have a power animal. They, it's like having a BFF forever. <laughs> they will not talk back to you. They won't give you attitude. They won't, you know, they won't um, get mad at you. Right. They will. They are there specifically to help you. So I like to focus on power animals, power animal retrievals and also soul retrievals. Now, soul retrievals are really great because, uh, as I mentioned before, we've all experienced trauma in some form or another. And in soul retrieval, uh, the technique is designed to go back into someone's past, someone's timeline, along their timeline and retrieve a piece or pieces of a dissociated part of them, which is called soul loss, and bring that piece back so that they're whole again. And this is a really fantastic technique, especially if there is a piece that is brought back that is very big, that piece can actually act as kind of an anchor or anchor or a beacon to kind of attract other soul parts throughout the person's timeline. So those are the two things, two basic things that I do. Um, now, another beautiful thing about shamanism is that it can be really customized. And so I also focus on bestow healing, is what, what I call it. Basically, it's customized healing. So let's say uh, you came to me and you're having a specific type of issue and um, some of the standard techniques don't really fit with what you need. What I will do is I will go to my team and I will take you with me energetically. They'll do a health scan on you and then they'll tell me and they will give me a technique designed specifically for you that I'm not hmm. using on anyone else. So I do specialize in that. Uh, so I'm sorry to interrupt, but before you go on and before I forget, <laughs> I wanted to go back. <clears throat> so you said you do power animal mm -hmm. retrievals. So how is, is that the same as a spirit animal or a totem animal? No, power animals are specific to shamanism because a power animal is actually not the animal itself. So you aren't, you know, I'm not going and catching an animal, so shall we say, but it's rather a helping spirit, a loving, compassionate, helping spirit that takes on the form of an animal specific to, let's say you, let's say in this case. So let's say you're deathly afraid of snakes, right? You wouldn't get a snake as a power animal because the whole point is that for you to connect with the animal and allow that animal to become part of your spiritual team for mentoring, for healing, for advice, or sometimes, you know, I, I tell my clients, you know, if you're having a really crappy day, just go to your power animal and just hang out with it. So, you know, the power animal is not the actual animal. Now, the difference between power animals, spirit animals, uh, what else, totem animals, um, 
is that you can actually use them for healing. And this what is what makes the difference in mm. using feminism. If that answers your question. It does. Mm -hmm. And then it brings up more. <laughs> so, okay. How, how would I use my power animal for healing? Like, what would I do? How do I call upon it? Mm -hmm. I just say, hey, but I don't know. Let's say it's a condor. Mm -hmm. Throwing that out there. So what do I do? Just say, hey, condor, feeling kind of shitty today. Can you help me out? <laughs> like, what would I do? <laughs> right. so, uh, so what I do, uh, and you know, of course, every practitioner works differently. But when I do, uh, when I give a, a power animal retrieval, what I have uh, my client do is at the end of the retrieval, I walk them through a guided journey so that they can meet the power animal, mm -hmm. find out as a name, find out uh, what it's going to teach them, and just kind of start to build that relationship with it. Now, the place that I have a person meet their power animal becomes their power spot, okay? Mm -hmm. That is the place that a client, let's say you in this case, would go to whenever you were feeling shitty and what or wanted to meet your power animal to have it do work so you would you know close your eyes you know put on music if you want to imagine yourself or visualize yourself there mm -hmm. call your animal and let's say you were having let's say you're having a knee problem right mm -hmm. you would ask your power animal i want you to work on my knee please work on my knee and they will work on your knee so that's how you can ask it to specifically help heal you or Ooh. you could even say ask it okay i'm having some knee problems what's the problem you know why why am i having these knee problems our animals dependent on um kind of like the how should i put this the uh the goal of the power animal sometimes they will talk to you like a talking animal mm -hmm. or sometimes they'll show you information um symbolically okay, okay. like get an image of what they're talking about uh but you know at some point you do want them to talk to you, you know? right usually that just takes time it's just about building a relationship like any other type of relationship so you can ask the power animal pretty much anything so let's say we're having a knee problem you don't know where it's coming from they will either show you the source of your knee problem mm -hmm. or they will tell you okay you're having a knee problem because you know it's uh you know because this happened or you know you fell or you know whatever it is they will tell you exactly so that's one way that you can heal with uh, you can have them heal now another way is to merge what's called merging with your power animal now this technique you do not have to actually go to your power spot to do mm. you can just sit in your room and do exactly what you said call your condor and just have your condor who's, you know, life-size, and condors are pretty big, and have <laughs> literally fly right into your heart chakra. And that's called merging with your power animal. And what that does is that it helps you access their strength, their power of the condor, and it actually helps the healing process begin. So that's also another way. So let's no. say, yeah, so let's say, let's take it out of the healing part. Let's say that you have a, an interview. And it's a job that you really, really want, or you have a presentation and it's a hundred thousand people and you're nervous as hell. Okay. What right. You, right. What you can do is you can merge with your power animal as you're standing on the sidelines before you go on stage, 
Just call all of your power animals and imagine them literally walking into your body so that you are almost wearing their skin. You know, almost like, especially if you have a couple of different power animals, you can call them, merge with them, and then you kind of, it's very interesting, it's almost like you look a little bit like them, right? So you, there's some feathers coming out, right? Or there's some, you know, you have a little bit of a beak. But what happens is that your nerves calm down. It is truly an amazing technique. And anybody can do that once they have a power animal. And then, as you said, power animals, I mean, you can actually have more than one. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can have more than one. And let's say you're doing a lot of, um, let's say, you know, you have a power animal retrieval and you, you know, you decide to go to your power spot to hang out with them, right? You're not going for healing. You're not asking any questions. You just want to spend time with them. So you go to your, close your eyes, put on music, whatever you want to do. Imagine yourself at this beautiful place in nature. That is a real place. It cannot be imaginary. It has to be here on planet Earth, right? And you call your power animal. Let's say you're sitting with them, this, that, and the other. And maybe another animal shows up. And you're like, hmm, what is this animal, right? Then you can turn to your power animal and say, hey, is this another power animal? It might say yes or no. Or you can ask that animal directly. So sometimes you can also get power animals that will come to you who will almost volunteer to also work with you. And, you know, and also this is all about building your spiritual team. So yes, you can absolutely have more than one power animal. You can have a few. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So I am wanting, <laughs> I'm going to have to, y'all, I'm going to have to find out who or, and, or what my power animal is, because this is sounding very, very interesting to me. <laughs> you will. You will very, very soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I totally interrupted you. So I don't even know if you remember what your dream um, was before I went there. <laughs> okay, I was talking about the Stoke healing. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. And um, also one of my other, uh, what I also specialize in is um, what is called entity release. Okay. Mm, okay. So what this is, is basically um, in certain situations, um, something can attach itself to your heart chakra, okay? And you might start having symptoms like, uh, you know, feeling really, really bad, having uh, maybe some suicidal thoughts or feeling like there is something attached to you. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the techniques that uh, my team taught me, and they did it on me first, is they taught me um, a uh, entity release, attachment release technique that I, started to use in my practice on clients and it's very very effective um it's you know one of those things where um this entity attachment can sometimes be passed down through generational trauma okay so let's say you have um a family member in the hospital you go to the hospital to visit them or let's say you uh you know you're at a funeral sometimes what can happen is that if that person has an attachment that they've been carrying for years that maybe was uh, passed on to them from a, a mother or a father uh, from a previous generation. They've been carrying it for years. They can attach itself to you. It's almost like, uh, I know it sounds kind of strange. I don't want to freak people out, 
Um, but it's almost not, you know, kind of a little bit, uh, it's called possession. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Okay. You know, we're not talking about uh, the exorcist here. Okay, I was just about to go there. It's like you read my mind because that was just about to come out my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it can, you know, basically uh, an entity, you know, can kind of look for a new host, shall we say, especially if it's generational. Mm -hmm. So um, my team taught me this technique. Uh, they did it on me. I found out that I had uh, something attached to me from my father. So, you know, it was uh, really quite um, revealing and quite powerful once I learned the technique. And as soon as I put it on my website, it was crazy. All these people started reaching out to me wanting this technique done. So mm -hmm. that's also something that I specialize in. And um, also uh, there was a technique that is called psychopomp that is used basically for death and dying. Yeah. Okay, can you say that again? I'm sorry, I Psycho missed it. Yeah, psychopomp, which is a technique. It's a. It's also uh, a very uh, powerful uh, shamanic technique um, that specializes in helping those who are on the brink of passing over. It helps them basically um, ensure that they do get to the light. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is also uh, something that I specialize in as well, is working with, uh, you know, ill patients that have, um, that they are aware that they are going to be passing and helping them uh, kind of, you know, it's almost like kind of um, helping them clean house so they have a safe and uh, successful journey home. So that is also something else that I specialize in. Okay, that's really interesting because sometimes it seems that when someone passes, sometimes I don't know if, and well, I haven't passed, so I don't know the deal, <laughs> right? But it seems like they might go into the light and then choose to come back to talk to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe they just don't go. I don't, you know, and sometimes I wonder about that, mm -hmm. you know, because you hear about haunted houses and haunted areas so it's almost like the spirit hasn't left mm -hmm. the earth plane yet mm -hmm. but then sometimes i wonder if they just come back to check on you mm -hmm. yeah, it's just yeah, a, a wondering in my mind it's <laughs> right. an interesting question that of course i don't know the answer to but i do know that um over the years that uh i've also done uh what i called um you know basically house clearing which is moving stuck energy, usually passed over, like if you're having disturbances in your home, or if there's a room that every time you go in there, you feel something weird going on. You know, I have done many, uh, many um, on-site sessions at people's home to clear this type of activity. Now, you know, the whole ghost thing, you know, that's really not my specialty. I mean, it's kind of like, I have an issue when I'm watching, you know, kind of channel surfing and seeing those shows because it's like, okay, instead of being fascinated by, you know, all this stuff, why did you help this thing? You know, help this thing move on, you know, <laughs> help this thing, you know, get out of this stuff place because, you know, sometimes spirits, they just get stuck, you know? Um, this is this is my theory completely, is that I just feel that sometimes spirits do get stuck, uh, especially if they are children you know, that they haven't realized that they passed on. There are a lot of uh, specific, uh, you know, incidences that, of course, are very, very different from one another. 
But, you know, my theory is, is that if you have a haunted house, it isn't, you know, some frustrated spirit that's trying to, you know, uh, prove something or you know, scare people. No, it's just stuck. It doesn't know where it is and doesn't know how to get into the light. And so psychopomp actually uses that technique to help spirits get into the light and pass over. Okay. Yeah, that, well, I, I get fascinated by so many different things. So that's just another thing that fascinates me. Um, so I did hear something about um, like body part retrieval. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, is that a thing? Yes, it is very much a thing. So in soul retrieval, uh, basically when we go through a traumatic event, part of us, and it does depend on the individual, it's not always, but let's say um, the standard is, is that when we go through a traumatic event, it can be anything from, let's say, being yelled at as a child to something more extreme like uh, a car accident or, you know, uh, sexual abuse, something like this. Part of us will leave so that we can survive the incident, okay? And that part that leaves is called a soul part and that situation is called soul loss so when there is soul loss in shamanism the soul retrieval is about finding that part and bringing it back home into your body so that you are whole again now you can also do this let's say you're in a car accident okay and let's say you lost uh, a leg right so what the uh, practitioner can also do instead of looking for a soul part they will actually retrieve your leg before the accident and bring it back to you and literally kind of like attach it to your body energetically is probably mm -hmm. the best, uh, best way to uh, explain this but yeah body part retrieval i've done many of them yes it is a real thing okay so i have to ask the question somebody else might be thinking the question i'm going to ask the question because i get to when you're talking about energetically attaching this leg, does the leg grow back or do they just feel like they have a leg? Like, what is no, that? The leg does not grow back. What, what basically what you're doing is that you are bringing back kind of the energetic structure of your leg before the accident. So let's say if you get, uh, you know, you're an amputee and you get uh, a new leg, you know, uh, a prosthetic mm -hmm. uh, prosthetic leg, then that leg will, it's, it's almost like you're, um, how should I describe this? It's almost like you are bringing back the framework for your leg, whether you're getting a new leg or not. Okay. So all of the emotions that are attached with not having the leg after the accident. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, the shock, the fear, oh my god now i don't have a leg all of that kind of stuff subsides because the structure of the leg is back there now i'm sure you've heard many stories of people that have had um you know amputees that you know uh, very it's very common for them to feel like they still have their leg even though yeah. it's not there i've right? heard that the phantom yeah. leg syndrome or that yeah yeah exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so, so this uh the body part technique is really about bringing back that structure so that whatever is placed there, if there's anything placed there or not, the structure is there. So the emotional, how should I describe this? The emotional um, 
kind of uh, connection, the the uh, the fear that's around not having a leg that should dissipate because mm-hmm. you had a body part retrieval. Does okay, it does because in my mind I'm thinking this part grows back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I lost a finger, my finger grew back. <laughs> I'm like, can she do that? <laughs> No. Okay. <laughs> that's so, magic. Yeah, I think that's where the magician, that's where the magician comes in. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I had to just clarify because again, if I'm thinking it, somebody else out there is probably thinking it. <laughs> oh, so so we've covered I think have we covered everything that you could offer to the audience? Um, let's see. What I also do and what I also specialize in is uh, shamanic life coaching, which is basically teaching uh, someone how to step onto the path of initiation and to learn shamanic techniques for their own healing first. Now, if they decide to uh, become a quote unquote shaman, uh, then this is really a prerequisite is to learn these techniques understand journey, understand how to build your spiritual team, and uh, learn how to help people, other people in the end. So that is also something that I do is shamanic coaching, what I call coaching. Uh, Some call it um, shamanic counseling as well, which is the same thing. And, you know, I'm pretty uh, rigorous in terms of helping people to understand what shamanism is and exactly how to use it. Mm-hmm. and understand what it is not and what you can and cannot do with it. And most of my clients, my coaching clients, I've had uh, for about two to four years, and we're very, very thorough in terms of really healing and really kind of using a person's life as a blueprint, as a template, to really step-by-step go through all of the healing methods that are available in shamanism. And again, a lot of bestowed healing comes out of this when I'm doing coaching work because everyone's different and everyone right. different needs. So yeah, that's also something that uh, I do, which I absolutely love. I love all of it, of course. The coaching is just one of these things that is just great. And it's one-on-one, so it's 100% confidential. Everything comes up, um, and it is really uh, quite effective. Uh, my team is really, they are something else. They just are fantastic. These guys have a huge team, bunch of ancestors, and they just, woo, they just get into it. <laughs> well, if people want to find you, where is the best place to find you? Yeah, my website, which is tvhealingartsplural.com. So, yeah, everything is on there. Um, you can book a free phone session with me. That's a prerequisite so we can figure out exactly if shamanism is going to work for you. I also offer like a little freebie, a uh, pop-up if you are kind of questioning what shamanism is or if it can actually help you, you can down- download an assessment checklist to see if the symptoms that you have could be dealt with using shamanic techniques. And that really helps people as well. But yeah, on my website, which is Turtle Vision Healing Arts, you can just Google that and the website will come up. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here with me today, or shall I say being here with us today? (laughs) And and thank your team if they showed up. (laughs) 
absolutely. So I'm thanking them as well. And it has just been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Sophia, for the invite. And I loved it. And yeah, um, I hope that everyone got an idea of what shamanism is and what it is not. Perfect. Okay, so we will talk again, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. All right, bye for now. Bye.